Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Gradcracker webinar featuring BT and OpenReach. So who are BT and OpenReach and what is the link between the two? Let's start with BT. So BT is a multinational um, telecommunications company. In the UK, it is the largest provider of fixed line, broadband and mobile services, and also provides subscription television, including BT TV and BT Sport, which I'm sure you all have heard of. Um, some quick facts about BT include, they have operations in around 180 countries across America, Europe, Asia, the Middle East and Africa. In the UK, BT is the largest investor in, in the technology sector for research and development, and they employ over 14,000 technologists and scientists which lead this research. Now over to OpenReach. So OpenReach is actually a division of BT. They maintain the telephone cables, cabinets and exchanges that connect all, nearly all the homes and businesses in the UK to the national broadband and telephone network. Those little boxes that you see outside, OpenReach look after those. Now some, some quick facts about OpenReach. They've invested over £14 billion in their network over the, over the last 10 years. Those green boxes I mentioned before, they actually look after nearly 110,000 of those. And the OpenReach network would stretch nearly 5,000 times around the globe. That's mad. I know, isn't it? I've read those <laughs> just like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I, see them, I see the men sat outside, men and women, by the way, sat outside in little stools looking at the green box. I think, what do you do in there? <laughs> so this, this is what they do. We're going to find out more a little bit later on. So today we're joined by representatives from both BT and OpenReach. Um, so Kate is a recruitment partner and will describe the recruitment process for, for both BT and OpenReach. And that's why on her name it says, it says both. Um, Kate, if I could just start with you. So what does your role actually include? Okay, so my job title is Early Careers Recruitment Partner. So my role essentially is recruiting graduates, um, also apprentices, uh, summer placement students and industrial placements as well. Um, so that is within BT and OpenReach and that would be UK wide um, as well as potentially we do have some graduate opportunities within our global side of the business as well, um, but that has not quite launched yet. So it's mainly UK we're focusing on currently. Okay, fantastic. Thanks, Kate. And just so the students know who are watching, both BT and OpenReach are currently open to applications. And um, so make sure you watch this webinar and then get your applications in. And um, just so we can monitor expectations then, when are the global opportunities opening? Or are you not too sure of that date? Yeah, I think it's T TBC at the moment. Uh, we're just finalising a few details for those. Um, but yes, probably in the coming um, couple of months, I would say. Fab, thank you. So don't forget, you know, message to all the students out there. We're open now, so you can go on to the Gradcracker OpenReach and BT hubs. They've got separate hubs, by the way. And um, so you can apply to the opportunities. If you are interested in those roles that Kate just mentioned, you can follow them as well. And um, so as soon as they go live with other opportunities, um, you'll receive an email and push notification. So either apply or get following and or get following and um, just to make sure you're notified right for all the new opportunities, all the new opportunities. And um, Kate, just to finish off with you then, so if a student does apply um, to BT and our open reach, will they get to see you as part of the application process? 
Potentially, yeah. I mean, just to state, actually, you can only apply for one or the other. Uh, so BT or OpenReach, uh, both fantastic businesses. So um, I guess it's down to, you know, the individual student to do their research and make that decision. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm involved mainly, I would say, at assessment centre stage, um, but definitely, you know, throughout the application process. We also have um, a graduate admin team that will take any queries so there's an email address on the website and they get picked up by our admin team and sometimes they do get passed across to us as the team members as well uh, so yeah quite an active member of the team throughout the process really good thank you and um, we'll be catching up with Kate a little bit towards um, the middle and the end of the webinar as well and, and Kate will describe um, what type of person might want to apply to um, OpenReach and RBT and vice versa. Um, so we'll, we'll move on to Kate a little bit later on. Um, so welcome grads. I just want to do some introductions from, from you guys next, if that's okay with you. Um, so as you can see, again, if you look at everybody's names, you can see which division they work for or which company they work for. Um, so Lily, Caspian and Temi all work for BT. Um, Lily, I'm going to start with you. Um, so Lily studied physics at the University of Bristol. Um, Lily, you're a technology graduate at BT. Um, what, what does your role involve? Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, I'm a BT um, technology grad and I'm currently on my second rotation. So um, I rotate around different parts of um, the part of BT, which is called technology. Um, and I'm currently working in a team called Converge Core Design. Mm -hmm. um, and basically the, the Converge Core is a, a really important part of BT's broadband network. Um, and yeah, within that team, I, uh, yeah, I get involved with all sorts of different projects, um, mainly around um, things that are gonna uh, improve and optimize uh, the network, BT's network. Brilliant. And so you're part of the graduate program then. So when, how long do other rotations, how long do the rotations last and how many are there? Um, so um, the grad scheme I'm on, I'm on is two years and I do three rotations, uh, eight months each. Brilliant. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. So we're going to chat, you know, more to the grads a little bit later on. And um, so just to do um, more introductions, Caspian, if I can move on to you. And um, so you studied computer science at Sterling. Um, yep. And you're currently, this is a bit of a posh title, a child communications <laughs> professional. Yes. So what does um, that mean? come on. <laughs> right. So um, I'll break it down. So channel yeah. is basically anything to do with our front line, uh, basically. So and communications is as it says, it's communicating to the front line. So specifically, uh, my team, I work in uh, the contact centre comms team. So what I do is any messages that need to go from whether it be head office or senior leaders and things to our uh, people on the front line. So all the call centre staff and sales staff, then I sort of plan that, come up with plans of when messages are going to go out, how they're going to go out. Um, I write the messaging, get that all approved, things like that. Um, we do things like creating graphics to be displayed on our TV screens that are in all the contact centres so the advisors can look up, get information that they need for their job and also a bit of fun as well. Um, we also do a lot of things with well-being as well. So we provide um, incentives and competitions to keep morale up for our teams. Um, and with my sort of computer science side of things, what we do is we also run a few different platforms. So we've got some uh, something called Workplace, which is a Facebook for work. So we run that um, and sort of how that's used for our teams. But also we have our own system called Centernet, which is all completely used by SharePoint, which we sort of code in the background to be basically 
presented to either the BT brand, EE brand or PlusNet brand. And then people can find out all the information they need to do their jobs. So we do all of that, a lot of different things that we do. Wow. So you seem to be quite a centre point then of all, all different areas within BT. Yeah, it's all it's all down to communication and making sure that the frontline staff have everything within a sort of hand's reach to be able to do their job and not have to ask for any help or anything. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. And looking forward to hearing a little bit more about your favourite projects yeah. and things like that later on. Um, Temi, on to you. So you um, have done a bachelor's and a master's degree, um, so at Leeds and Keele Universities, studying geophysics and geology and physics. Um, yeah. And you are, you've, you've changed a little bit, so your role is now a graduate um, software developer. What, what does your role include? Yeah, so I'm actually on the, I'm on the technology graduate scheme as well in my second rotation. And in this rotation, I'm working in a team called Integration and Migration as a graduate software developer. So basically, my team works across um, consumer and global. And we basically work on the code that actually make certain BT services actually work, such as our broadband and mobile services. So myself and the rest of the team are actually responsible for carrying out certain coding and also design tasks that might be related to customer accounts for broadband or even mobile as well. Okay, so again, you know, you get involved in a lot of different areas of the business. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Timmy. Um, Sarah, so Sarah, you're a little bit different um, in a good way, obviously. Um, so you are actually representing OpenReach today, um, which again is really exciting. Um, you stood at the University of Nottingham, biochemistry and molecular science, molecular medicine. I hate the word molecular. Um, what does your role as a technical consultant involve? Yeah, so I'm a technical consultant in the service delivery aspect of OpenReach. So at the moment, uh, my role has quite a lot of different aspects. So on the more technical side, I'm using data analysis skills and coding to identify recurring problems that I see. Um, and I then create strategic solutions uh, to solve these technical issues and improve the customer experience. And then also on the more consulting side, I weigh in which opportunities and solutions I, I think will be the most beneficial. And then I liaise with clients um, and then help the rollout of the projects. Fantastic. So, so do you get to prioritise what projects you're working on in your workload then for what you just mentioned? Yeah, so I will, for example, at the moment I'm looking at um, different kind of engineers uh, the jobs they go out to any sort of problems coming in and if I see one problem that's coming around a lot or which is has higher volumes of faults then I'll prioritize that and I'll work on solutions for that and then once I see a reduction in that I can then move on to a different problem. Brilliant. Okay. Thank you very much, Sarah. And thank you everybody for the, for the introductions. Obviously, we're going to get to speak to more about, um, get to speak to Kate Moore and all the, the grads as well um, throughout the webinar. Um, so before we do that, and before we move into and really get our teeth into who BT and OpenReach are, um, I just wanted to do a little bit of a shout out to the viewers today. Um, so again, I just want to reiterate how important it is to reference these webinars um, in your applications. We had some fantastic feedback this morning, actually. So this is hot off the press um, from the recruiter at the intellectual property firm, Mewburn Ellis, um, who we did a webinar with last week. So it was the webinar that Jess and Sophie did. 
um, and they said that they're currently interviewing candidates who had mentioned the webinar um, and they were really impressed by this as it shows that you've got even more of an interest in the company that you're, you're applying for and um, so don't forget to mention the webinars that you've, you've, you've watched you know I know Kate and the recruitment team will absolutely love to hear um, that you've watched this even if you're, if you're applying to either you know BT or OpenReach so as part of your application make sure you've, you've seen the grads you know these are all really inspirational people who've got fantastic stories to tell so make sure you get that messages across those messages across and um, as part of your application process right teacher over Kate, on to you. So firstly, I've explained who BT and OpenReach are, um, but can you tell me a bit more about the division between between the two companies? Yes, I will do my best to explain that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so, like <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just to say, OpenReach are actually a wholly owned subsidiary. So they're an actual independent limited company from BT now as of 2018. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, I think Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong here, but... <laughs> Overreach um, have been um, in business since 2003. Um, so I, I would say a fairly new business, really, obviously, considering BT um, is quite historical. It's been around for a long time. Um, but Openreach has rapidly grown and I think it continues to do so. So Openreach um, has about 32,000 employees currently. Um, so a very large business. Um, so, yes, so Openreach provides the fibre. Um, for all the broadband, um, not just for BT, but for all of the other communication providers. Um, and I didn't realise this myself, but there's actually about 600 communication providers uh, that OpenReach work with. Yeah. Um, so that was important for them to sort of separate from BT a little bit, just because of obviously the relationships they have with the other providers and, and you know, having that partnership with them. Yeah. Um, so just to go back to BT... Um, so BT has obviously been around for years um, and I'm sure everybody's heard of BT. I mean, certainly before I worked at BT, so I've been here three years. Um, I, I just thought BT to broadband company. That was it, you know, and, you know, obviously historically with, you know, BT phone boxes. I had no idea, you know, the, the breadth of, of operations and services. Um, so within the business, we do have um, different divisions. So we have sort of group functions got consumer, enterprise, um, global. So there's different areas of BT. Um, it's very multifaceted. Um, I would say, you know, it is a very sort of forward thinking tech business uh, in its own right. So, you know, up against all those major players in the market, um, you know, BT is a fantastic place to work um, as well as open reach, you know, and what surprised me, you just learn something new all the time about what BT is involved in. Uh, so, you know, anything from, you know, 999 calls, uh, all of those millions of 999 calls that come in on an annual basis, um, you know, to contactless payments, Ubers, that sort of thing. So, so absolutely, BT are involved in such a lot uh, that you probably wouldn't realise. So hopefully that gives you a bit of an insight. Yeah, definitely. I can't believe you mentioned telephone boxes then, Kit. I haven't seen one I know. <laughs> a blast from the past. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. You've changed your logo, haven't you? Okay, the BT brand's changed. It looks all modern yes. now, but then you see a telephone box with the old logo. And it looks yeah. so dated. You forget how long the brand's been around, really. And it's a massive part of everyone's life. Does that mean all the way yeah. through? It's evolved, hasn't it? You know, yeah. over the years and evolved very well. You know, into the modern day, I would say. Definitely, yeah, definitely. And you know, you see, you're still expanding, you're still taking on, you know, new projects and things like that. So it's definitely a company um, where, you know, our, our viewers should um, want to apply to. 
Um, Kate, I just want to ask you one more question um, before I move on to the grads. Um, so how, how do the roles you mentioned before that you can either apply to um, BT or Open Reach, not both. Yes. Um, so how, how would you say in your own words the, the roles would differ between BT and Open Reach? Okay, I think, you know, not a huge amount. I think there's similar schemes available uh, for both BT and Open Reach. I think, you know, probably working for each business, there's probably going to be slight cultural differences, but I'd say there's lots of different cultural differences actually within BT because it's such a huge business. Yeah. Um, but I think they're both fantastic organisations. I think what stands out for me, and I have recruited for Open Reach. Um, so before I joined the early careers team in BT, um, I used to recruit senior managers into Open Reach. Um, so I really love the culture of Open Reach and all the people I dealt with. But I would say for both, both businesses, um, you know, what stands out for me is the people are just fantastic. And I think the grads will probably agree with that. You know, people go out of their way. You know, if you reach out to someone, they will go out of their way for you. Um, so while, you know, it is a really impressive business and you get to speak to some really impressive, fantastic people, uh, you know, they are human beings at the end of the day and everyone is super friendly. And I think the people just stand out for me as being, you know, absolutely amazing. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, we, we, you know, obviously we do look, both businesses just look for kind of similar things, really, you know, people that are career progressive, ambitious, enthusiastic, um, work committed, that sort of thing. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much, Kate. And okay. I could I could speak to Kate all day about, you know, she's so enthusiastic <laughs> about BT and Overreach and I've got so many questions, but what I want to do, Kate, is if we can, if we can leave it with you for the time being, and then Jess, I'm going to hand over to you. I've got a couple of questions that if we've got time at the end, I want to um, run by Kate again. Um, but Jess, if I can hand over to you and Jess is going to speak to all the grads. Brilliant. Thanks, Carla. So, yeah, if we could start with what uh, kind of initially attracted you to work for BT. So, Caspian, I'm going to throw that question to you. Yeah. So for me, one of the big things uh, for my research for BT before I applied was about the, the fact that there's so much opportunity to grow as a person and grow in your career. Um, the fact that you get lots of different rotations, um, which you can have a bit of input into as well on what you'd like to learn and what you'd like to do. It gives you a bit of a chance to sort of learn things that you wouldn't normally um, see different areas of a business. Applying for a normal job, um, you sort of go in, you do the job. If you don't like it, then, you know, you're, you're stuck with BT. You're given a lot of training and support to learn a role. And if it's not for you, the next rotation might be. So there's always these opportunities to find exactly the right place for you to fit in. And then when it comes to the end of that two years, you've built a huge network of people yeah. from all different areas of the business that you can sort of lean on um, to find where you fit in the business. So loads of chances to grow. There's lots of training, both in part of the graduate scheme where there's sort of mandatory training that is provided but there's also opportunities for you to get training for your role as well which your managers are absolutely happy to help with so you'll finish the grad scheme with far more training and qualifications than you start with. Um, Lily I'm going to move to you I know you found your job through Grad Cracker which is fantastic well done um, I was actually going to ask you earlier but uh, I was going to interrupt you Callum I don't think you heard me but I wanted to ask you Lily you know just about the rotation scheme and obviously the experiences you're gaining do you have to move around then with the rotation or can you do it all where you are remotely? Yes, uh, yeah, so we do. Um, so the options we have for our rotations are all based at the site that we that we start at. So okay. um, with the technology graduate scheme, um, that's how it works. So I'm based um, out in Suffolk and we have, um, BC has a big base there. Uh, quite a lot of technology roles in different parts of the business are all based there and we get to rotate around um, the different ones on offer there 
and um and yeah Catherine's right you um um you, you do get an input you get to say you sort of like I would like to learn these skills or I'd like to learn these skills and then um um and then you can go and uh, and try something new in the next rotation that's good you know I think that's a great thing about a graduate program the students that are listening you know and thinking about applying to a role like this this is a real benefit you know you do get to you know be exposed to so many different people groups teams um, you know it's a real good all-rounder you know chance to kind of really decide at the end of it where you want to go and where you want to take your career so no, thank you very much for that Lily, uh, Sarah, um, I know you're slightly different as you work for Up and Reach. Uh, you originally applied for BT, so can you tell the audience a bit about your experience? Yeah, so my experience with the application or what attracted me to the programme? Yeah, um, any of it. <laughs> okay. um, so I say to start with, with the programme, um, I think what attracted me was the it looked like it had such a wide range of ways to develop my technical skills yeah. um, and a great balance between the support and independence. So that was really important to me because I didn't come from a technical background. Um, so having the opportunity to have the support to learn and develop my technical skills and then having the independence to apply what I'd learned into projects I was rolling out was a major plus for me. Um, and also the great reputation it has and the amazing connections. And like Caspian said, there's amazing opportunities to progress your career as well. Yeah. yeah. That's good. And it's interesting as well, your background, you know, it's not an obvious career route for you to do, you know, be where you are now. And that's, again, a great thing for the audience to consider and think, oh, gosh, you know, where your degree in STEM can actually take you. It really can take you in so many different avenues, can't it? Yeah. So that's great. Timmy, how about you? I know, again, you found your role in Grad Cracker as well, didn't you? Um, what kind of, again, initially attracted you to BT? Yeah, so I did find my role in Grad Cracker. And I think it's very, the reason I um, kind of applied for the scheme is very similar to everyone else's. So I always kind of knew that I wanted to go into something STEM and tech related, but I wasn't sure exactly what part of tech. But the good thing is that with BT, with their technology graduate scheme, you get to rotate into different sectors within tech, which meant that I knew that I'd have the opportunity to kind of find my niche and find what I really wanted to do. And um, yeah, so that's the main reason why I've applied and I am really enjoying it so far. Good. So next I want to talk about the application process. And, you know, if you, someone can kind of, I'll kind of go to all of you really to kind of talk us through the process. And if you had different experiences, maybe any kind of experiences you were a bit nervous about or things that you kind of did. And at the end of it, thought, oh, actually, that wasn't that bad. But Caspian, starting with you, if you can kind of talk me a bit about your experience with the application process. Yeah. So um, the application process was quite straightforward, really, uh, filling out the form, some online tests, which I, I know a lot of people get very daunted by the idea of online tests. Um, but they're, they're not as bad as you think. Um, with the BT ones, they're not trying to catch you out. They're not there to set you up to fall. They're there to just basically get, give you a chance to show your skills, really, um, and to sort of also think about things because one of them is asking about sort of situations and how you would handle them. So it gets you to think about yourself a lot more as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the application process is quite quick. It's quite painless. Um, and then when when you've actually gone through the application and come on to things like assessment centre, you get a lot of communication. So you're not left waiting. Um, it's, it's very, very quick and straightforward. 
Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. Temi, about you, have you got any experiences you'd like to add to that? Yeah, so mine was quite similar. So the first thing I had was just a CV um, kind of screening. And then I had some online tests, which were like numerical, situational judgment and literacy, which were, um, they weren't difficult. And like Caspian said, they weren't trying to trick you out. They weren't trying to trick you out. Um, and I found that whilst doing that, um, doing those tests, having minimal distractions really helped me. And I went to the assessment center in Ipswich where I did some individual tests, but also group exercises. And I was quite worried about the group exercises just because I am quite um, introverted and quiet. So I was worried that I wouldn't really be able to have my voice, but that wasn't the case. Um, I was able to get my point across, which was really good. And there were also a lot of friendly BT graduates at the assessment center who were acting as buddies. And I found that was really helpful because it just helped ease my nerves, which is something that I didn't experience at other um, assessment centers. So overall, I'd say I had a really good experience at the uh, BT interview. Brilliant. Uh, Kate, just jumping to you a sec. So the, the assessment centres, are they going to be officially virtual then this year? So people won't be going to Ipswich or anything like Is that the plan? Obviously, no yeah. one really knows what the plan is at the moment. But <laughs> the plan would be... No, we have already planned it out, actually. Um, so our assessment centres for the Graduate Scheme 2021, they're going to be running from sort of mid-January, okay. um, possibly through to February and March. Um, and then we'll probably roll on to apprentice assessment centres after that. But yes, they're all plan to be virtual events um, at the moment we are hoping that you know maybe um, soon we can go back into a face-to-face -face environment we have already been running assessment centers virtually for apprentices since July um, and you know it has been a learning curve um, you know for us um, but also you know for the apprentices taking part as well um obviously you have to rely on your connection like we're doing now uh, things can go wrong um but yeah you know on the whole it has been positive and the feedback has been great so they are working well virtually good good to hear great lily carry on with you sorry um what what was your experience in the application process anything that you want to mention there um um i guess not not really anything uh, else to add i think Terry covered it really well i I felt that the assessment centre in particular was really like really friendly like they try and put you as, um, at ease as much as possible um, and yeah I've had the chance to um, do some interviewing since I've been at BT as well and yeah, yeah they like they just want to try and get the best out of you as much as possible so um, uh so yeah, just try and relax and do as well as you can, basically. <laughs> so glad you said that because you know I see all the time when I'm speaking to students and um, Carla that you know when we're when trying to give advice to students as well, don't we? We always say you know imagine you're the other person that's sat on the other side of the desk and ultimately you just want the best for that person. I bet you've seen that now. I bet that was been so weird to be the per the actual yeah. interviewer for the interviewee. Yeah, it was such a yeah it's such an interesting experience being the other side of the table and you realise yeah that it's that you shouldn't feel as scared and yeah. as intimidated as you as as you do but yeah it's it, it's always going to be a nerve-wracking experience but um yeah just just That's another point that you yeah. know ultimately you guys just want the best for the candidate don't you you yeah. want them to to be the right fit so sarah your experience with open reach is was that different at all or was it quite similar so i have some similarities and some differences because obviously i am um, i originally applied to the bt scheme um so I had the same kind of experience that the other grads had with the online tests um and the assessment center um and I think 
So BT let me know that I had passed the assessment centre um, and that they really liked me. But because I applied quite late on, I was, I think, some of the last few assessment centres to come through because I started my applications quite late. Um, they told me that my role and location that I applied to had been filled up. But they said if they had any opportunities, they would let me know. Um, and then I kind of, I won't lie, I kind of thought that was a nice way of like letting me down, being like, oh yeah, we'll let you know. Um, but then the next day, OpenReach actually contacted me and kind of talked me through and asked if I would be interested in the technical consultant role. Oh, brilliant. So again, another listener for the audience, get your applications in early. Obviously, you were lucky, Sarah, that, you know, they had the other opportunity for you, which was great. But, you yeah. know, you don't want to be in a situation, do you? You know, at that time in, in the academic year and everything else, then being told, oh, no, unfortunately, we don't have a position for you. So you were very lucky there. So well done. And obviously, you perform well and they wanted you, which is good. So, guys, I know we've all previously spoken kind of the, the prep for today. We You all mentioned some great tips that you would, you'd like to give to our students when applying to BT and OpenReach. And again, I know we've covered a lot already, but um, please can we go through these? And um, I know we're not going to split this up into BT and Open reach so whatever kind of advice that you could give and um, because I think that was super valuable for our students listening so Caspian start with you yeah so biggest piece of advice I have is to not go into the interview as a walking CV um, as in when you go to the interview be a person show your personality uh, a common thing people tend to do before interviews is think oh what do they want to hear it's like preparing sort of answers in advance and that isn't what um, what it's about at BT. BT want to hire people with all different backgrounds and all different interests so go in there and talk about what makes you a great candidate for the role not what makes your CV a great candidate. Mm -hmm. um, focus on what you can bring to the company what your unique selling points are and literally just have a good time. The assessment centre is difficult but it's also a lot of fun and we all have really good memories of our assessment centers because we had a good time um yeah so don't don't go in thinking you need to be a certain thing because every one of us is different and that's what makes bt great is because i i might have a good skill of one thing my colleague might have a skill in something else and we can just bounce off each other so just be yourself and have a good time that's good really good point temi how about you are you still there yeah, I am. Just first of all, I'm having issues with my camera. I need to sort it in a minute. But um, my uh, my biggest tip would be just to apply early. Um, yeah. Like it was mentioned already, most companies will open their applications a year before the start date. So if you're at uni, then I think it's a good idea to apply at the end of your second year or the beginning of your third year, just to avoid being in a situation where all the spots are, are already filled up. So that would be my yeah. biggest piece of advice. Totally agree with with that, Lily. How about you? Um, yeah, totally agree with what's been said. But yeah, I just I just add, uh, just try and not to be be too like vague with your answers or too generic. Sometimes I think that kind of follows on from Cas uh, from what Caspian said. Um, yeah, don't just say what you think people want to hear. Like use specific examples and uh, and and yeah, that would probably be my my bit of advice. I like that. Brilliant, Sarah. Um, I say kind of similar to what I said before don't uh, try and try to relax a bit don't get too stressed I know that it sounds a bit um, cliche a bit like how can you enjoy an assessment centre 
Um, I remember when people told me they enjoyed theirs, I was thinking, how on earth could you enjoy something like that? You're being tested for a potential job that you want to get. But when I went, I actually realised that I actually ended up really enjoying it as well, because yeah. um, I really didn't expect. And also don't stress over what you think like the perfect candidate is, because I remember I felt very kind of underqualified because a lot of the grads who I had an assessment centre with came from very technical backgrounds and had quite technical degrees. So I remember kind of comparing myself to them thinking, oh, gosh, I don't have the experience they have or I don't have the kind of knowledge that they might have. Um, so just don't compare yourself to other grads. You're there for a reason and they want to see the real you and see what you can bring as an individual. Yeah, definitely. That's a bit like an imposter syndrome kind of thing, isn't it? That, you know, again, I hear that a lot with students, you know, the worrying, you know, um, am I going to get caught out? Is someone going to think, what are you doing here? Or, you know, you've got the right qualifications or whatever. And you have, and this is where it's about confidence, isn't it? And, you know, you all really need to have the confidence. You're all doing fantastic degrees and, um, you know, having that confidence that you deserve, you know, being where you are and having the career that you're going to get. So definitely, definitely think that's a good bit of advice. Not I think just just to back that up as well, employers, um, you know, including BT and Open Reach and every employer on Gradcracker, everybody's looking for transferable skills. So, you know, you might not think, oh, my degree is really, it isn't really technical, but there'll be parts of your degree and, you know, your, your, your nature as a person, which will be of interest to the employers. So don't, you know, this is what the, the Gradcracker Career Centre is like. This is why we've got the videos, the sector search and everything else. So don't, don't um, you know, pigeonhole yourself into um, opportunities or different sectors or different employers either because nine times out of ten if you do have a STEM discipline employers want to recruit you so it doesn't really matter what STEM discipline it is and mm. um, those transferable those transferable skills are um, really attractive to the employers on Gradcracker so yes yeah, Sarah I think you're an absolute case in point there so thank you for saying that to the students. Brilliant. So we all now know who the grads are. Hello, everyone. And yeah, we all know a bit about why you chose to apply to BT in OpenReach. Um, I'd like to get an insight about uh, the teams that you work in now, if that's OK, guys. And if you could tell, give us a kind of an idea of what life is like as Sarah Caspian. Lily, if you're still there. Temi, if you're still there. Hopefully you are. And um, so Caspian, I'm going to start with you. So yeah, if you could give us a, a bit of an idea of what life is like for you um, at the moment in terms of your role. Sure. Uh, so my role at the moment, as I said earlier, is in channel communication. So it's a lot of um, creating content for our frontline teams. And this could be something like announcing the new iPhone launch, for example, we would want to put together all the information on, a, on one simple screen that they can see with all of the prices, the details and what we're offering so that they don't have to go through a huge booklet um, while they're working, they can just glance up and see it. Things like that. Other um, ideas, we do things for well-being. So currently we're doing a big project called Money Matters, which is all about helping our frontline team manage their finances. So we did a month uh, on budget and months on savings. We're doing things about teaching them about what pensions are. So things like that. Just um, we do literally anything. If anyone across BT wants our frontline staff to know something, they come through us and we put it together. We plan it. We go through every part of the product life cycle with it and then get it all done. Um, so we do lots of things. Every day is different. There's always something to be done. Um, but it's really rewarding because we deal so much with the frontline teams and with well-being uh, and diversity inclusion, that side of things. We do get a lot of direct feedback and you can see the impact of what we do a lot more than some other departments might. So it's really, really good for that. 
Yeah, really, we're rolling a bit. Um, I'm not sorry. I think we've lost Temi. So, um, Lily, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Um, yeah, I've got an issue with my camera, but uh, but yeah. No, don't worry. Did you hear the question? Yes. Yes, yes I did. Um, yeah. So at the moment, uh, in my rotation, I am. Um, so a lot of the work I'm doing is to do with um, basically optimizing. Um, so we have we obviously have, we have um, we have the exchanges and we have bits of kit in those exchanges that um, um, that that need updating and making sure they're like the most up to date the the best that they can be. Um, so I'm working on um, I'm working on basically making sure that that happens. Um, uh, and as part of that, we look at um, we um, yeah. So basically, I look at codes and I test things and I make sure that it will work. Um, before it actually happens on the live network um, and in my previous rotation I worked in um, in a network operation center which was a really incredible experience I worked in a transformation team in there so we did lots of projects um, looking at improving processes and um, basically um, network operations uh, the network operation centers uh, monitor the network so they uh, so they they run 24 7 and um, um, yeah, basically make sure that people um, um, can connect, use their broadband um, and that everything's working uh, as much as possible. And yeah, basically maintaining and monitoring the network. Brilliant, good stuff. So, you know, when, for example, if you do have like um, problems that do come up, how do you know, like, because obviously it could be different every single time. So how does your team kind of, know what to do and how to do it and is the pressure in terms of getting obviously getting it fixed as quick as possible um i yeah there's there's all sorts of things that, that can go wrong obviously when you've got um uh, a lot of technology and there's lots of things that interlink and things that that depend on other things so um so yeah it's always interesting to try and get to the problem the bottom of problems and uh, and diagnose things properly um but um, yeah, it's been it's been an amazing experience for me to be able to see that firsthand and see how that all works. I heard yeah. some crazy stat the other day, something about the new PlayStation Five coming out or something, mm -hmm. and wasn't there like the highest peak in people using the internet ever because um, they're all downloading the game? So you must see like these errors and think, what's going on? Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, I was just going to ask about that, Jess. I don't know. If um, I don't know if this is a fair question, actually, and who to put it out to, so I'm just going to put it out to everybody. But since you know COVID and the and the lockdown and uh, the majority of people working from home, I know we all are at Gradcracker. Have you seen a massive increase in in workload and responsibilities and everything else during the last, you know, five, seven, eight months? I don't know who would answer that. I'm looking at all your little faces. Same, so somebody please answer that. <laughs> I can answer it. I mean, I can answer it from my point of view, if you like, and then um, anyone else can sort of chime in. Um, obviously, for me, it's an absolutely massive change because I used to really enjoy going to the office. Um, I didn't really choose to work from home at all. I think uh, we most people maybe took a day a week from home before COVID. Um, so, yeah, it's had a huge impact because, um, say, February time, I was traveling to Bristol, to Birmingham, to Scotland, uh, yeah. running assessment centers. And all of a sudden, uh, yeah, we're just working from home. Uh, but workloads, I would guess, um, yes, yeah, for most people, I think workloads have changed um, and, you know, have got bigger sometimes. 
Um, I know for, from my point of view personally, uh, we, we had a few team members move internally. And so, yeah, our workload seemed to have doubled. Um, but, you know, we're working differently at the moment. You know, we're not traveling. So we're, we're saving time, really traveling. Um, so you get you get more work done in the day, um, even though I would prefer to be out there, you know, meeting people face to face. Um, you know, I work, you know, my day to day work has kind of differed, I think, due to COVID. Um, but yeah, it's very, very busy, uh, as always it is. So <laughs> it's got busier. <laughs> yeah, it does seem that way, yeah, for sure. Sorry, Jess, I was interrupting you again. Yeah, Hi, you're back. <laughs> oh yeah, you're back. Brilliant. Hi, Jess, you're back. Um, so yeah, what I want to do is kind of go back a few years. And again, I know we keep talking about advice, but I just think that the advice you are giving is great. And kind of go back a few years and kind of what advice would you kind of give to your younger self um and Sarah you, you have some good advice I know you've kind of touched upon that kind of imposter syndrome and things like that but have you got anything else that you want to add to that yeah so um I'd say definitely take advantage of the time that you have uh, to learn a new skill or read up on different subject areas um, and then use this new knowledge that you have to then decide what you want to do or what you definitely don't want to do because I remember I really struggled picking firstly what I even wanted to study in the first place and then after that thinking about oh my gosh when I graduate I then have to think about what job I then want to go into so through the research that I've done even though I didn't know specifically what I wanted to do I had eliminated areas I knew I definitely didn't want to work in yeah. so I kind of narrowed down my search through kind of process of elimination I definitely don't want to do that I don't want to do that and then kind of narrowed down my options of what I would apply to. Yeah, that's a great bit of advice. Lily, what about you? I know you've got some really personal advice that you'd like to share. If you're there, Lily, can you hear me? I think Lily's here. Hi, sorry. Hi, Lily. Um, yeah, in terms of advice I have for my younger self, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah amazing. Um, yeah, I think I would just say to try and be, yeah, to try and be brave. Um, I think there's like so, un so much uncertainty when you finish a degree and I I felt so uncertain as to what I wanted to do. Um, I, um, I, I worked in a different job before I came to BT so I didn't come straight out of university and I think um yeah I yeah that's I think that's what I would say to myself like be brave like take take on opportunities put yourself in um in positions that you know you might not be you might not feel comfortable in because that's how you learn mm -hmm. um and 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 yeah I yeah definitely don't feel like you can't do something because you think that you don't belong there like you do and you can do it and go for it that's yeah that'll be my advice love it that's great thank you very much Lily. I think that's really good so now's the future um Caspian you are looking at becoming a mentor I hear on the grapevine can you tell us a bit more about this yeah, so as part of the graduate scheme, we often get told about opportunities that we have potentially outside of the grad scheme. Um, and one of which was for me, uh, the Alito Leadership Programme. Um, and that's a mentorship scheme where um, 
people who are big in business or um, high ranking sort of people around the country offer their mentorship um, to people from underprivileged backgrounds, whether that be by race, sexual orientation, whatever it is. And you can get that good, really good level of mentorship and you get to do things like um, a hackathon and things like that. So I learned from this experience how important mentorship is and how much I really want to get out of passing on things that I've learned to others. Um, and so part of why I'm doing this today with Grad Cracker, but also um, other things that I'm trying to get involved in. I'm really interested in mentoring other people and giving them sort of um, a good start in the business and things like that, whether it be um, helping them with things like on the Grad Cracker website, we can go in and do your um, sort of practicing for CVs and cover letters, helping people prepare for assessment centres, or whether it be actually just helping people find the right people through networks and things like that. It's just something that I'm quite passionate about. That's good. Well done you. And um, no, that's great that, you know, that you've got the chance to do that as well. And mm. you've got the platform and beating up and reach. I guess we'll both help you do that, which is fantastic. Um, Temi, you've got some interesting personal and technical plans. I also hear that you that you want to do in the future. Yeah, so I'd really um, like to be a technical lead, which is a software engineer who's responsible for leading a team and guiding them in the best technical direction. Um, this is because I found recently that even though I do really enjoy doing technical work in my team, I've also been given the opportunity to take on more leadership roles and lead team meetings and delegate tasks, which I found that I really like. So I like having a bit of both. So I definitely would like to, in the next like five years, work my way up towards that and in order to be in a position where I can lead a team in a good technical direction. Brilliant, that sounds great. Um, so next I'm going to move on to um, favourite projects. Um, I think a lot of our students like to hear about the current projects that you're doing or maybe even a favourite projects that you've uh, worked on so far. Um, so please could you tell us a bit more um, about any kind of exciting projects you've worked on? Go back to you, Caspian. Uh, yes, so I've recently just run a project uh, during Halloween. Uh, it's a little bit of fun. Um, basically, we realised that our frontline team's morale was a bit lower than usual because of the fact that um, this time of year everyone has parties and things like that, but half of the team are working from home and half are in the office. So we wanted to bring those teams back together again. So what we did is we came up with a competition which involved um, the teams working together to create videos where they recreate their favourite horror movies. Um, so they come up with it, plan it, act in it and things like that. And then the best... Um, best team would get a hundred pound voucher um, to spend at Amazon and then the second place team would get 50 pounds that sort of thing so it was just a bit of fun that we we organized just to get people uh, back together and celebrating teams and just doing things to bring up their morale so that was a lot of fun to organize and I was able to be judging it as well so I was sat there watching all these videos it was a lot of fun and uh, so not every day it was the one who won was it was in Glasgow and they basically went through all the old um open reach exchange and everything and made, made like a Blair Witch storyline. <laughs> it was very, very cool. But I, when you think about work and uh, working for, as a graduate, you think it's all going to be sort of sat at a desk doing all these boring jobs, but it is really not. You get involved in so many fun opportunities. You don't feel like you're working sometimes. And it's really great to have that sort of mix between um, getting a hard project finished and then just having a bit of fun. So yeah, that was a really good time. Oh, I love it. That's great. Temi, how about you? 
so mine isn't quite as exciting, but um, in my in my first rotation, I was in a network design team. So I had the opportunity to work on a project internally within a BT and externally with some American clients. So the project basically just involves creating a mobile system that would block spam calls. And I guess it was really exciting to me because I'd never done anything to do with mobile or anything like this before. So whilst working on this project, I um, delivered several presentations within my team and also to, to the clients. So I got to travel to London um, in, in the main office there and present the work there. So that was really exciting. I really enjoyed that. No, oh, that sounds really good. And that's the thing as well. Again, it's almost having that positive effect because we all know how annoying spam calls are. We all know how irritating it is when we get them. But it must be quite nice to feel as though, you know, you're, you're help stopping that and, you know, and helping so many different generations. And, you know, it's not nice for it to get those calls, is it? So it's good that, you know, you're helping towards uh, stopping that, which is good. Um, Sarah, how about you? Um, so I'm very new into the business. I've just my first year. So I'm two months in. So I guess my favorite project would be the one that I'm currently working on. Um, so I'm, I'm like enjoying it at the moment because I'm developing like so many new skills, so much new things to learn. Like from the technical side, I've got my coding, which I'm learning using data analysis and problem solving. And then the consulting perspective. Um, I get to develop like my project management skills, my presentation skills and interpersonal skills. So I get to speak with um, different communication providers, like the different clients we have. So I speak with BT and I speak with um, Vodafone, Sky, TalkTalk and kind of the ideas that I've come up with to solve their issues. I then get to kind of um, try and help them roll them out and try and get them to use them. So, yeah, at the moment, I'm really enjoying that. Well done you. It's interesting to see where you are now. Do you think once you've finished the program, do you, can you, have you got an idea yet where you think you'll kind of go in your career? Have you got a bit of a route in mind or do you not too sure yet? Yeah, I think at the moment it's so hard to kind of decide because obviously for the past however many years of my life I've been so like science orientated and then to suddenly switch and obviously it's still STEM um, but obviously tech is very different to kind of biochemistry um, but I think eventually I really like the idea of kind of marrying the two like maybe working on kind of one day looking at ways to use tech to solve kind of medical issues I think would be really interesting but at the moment I'm kind of really enjoying kind of being like the open reach space learning so much um that's definitely quite a way kind of in the future because I definitely want to stay within the open reach space for quite a while because it's a really nice company and everyone's so helpful and yeah one quick question for you Sarah you don't feel as though you're at a disadvantage then right now in your career that you haven't had a had studied a tech kind of no I, I think originally I was a bit worried about that because um, obviously there are people from different backgrounds um, but quite a few people do have for example computer science degrees or other degrees which may have involved um, maybe like coding and stuff like that um, in their past when they were studying so I think at start I was quite worried that I would be disadvantaged mm. but it's 
like as was mentioned before like all of the stem degrees have transferable skills mm-hmm. and your employers know that they they know that for example you've been studying science so you might not have the complete like technical knowledge that someone else might have so you have opportunities to then develop your uh, knowledge and then you kind of like catch up in areas that you don't and there are other areas which you may be kind of more advantaged in than other people who study different degrees so yeah I don't feel disadvantaged great right? good good point and uh, Lily to end it with you any favorite projects you've worked on um yeah I've I've had some really amazing uh, opportunities to work on some great projects in my in my first rotation I am um, I got to lead on a project which was a, a really brilliant experience and I, I worked with a third party company and uh, basically we were looking um, for a way to solve um, an issue that we had in network operations. Uh, basically everyone has to apply for lots of accesses to lots of different systems to be able to do their job um, well there and it was just a very complicated process. Um, that was always very difficult for like new starters and, and new joiners. And um, whilst I was in that team, I I worked and uh, I worked on a way um, to basically automate that as much as possible, which was amazing. I got to uh, I got to put a business case together and um, pitch that to people uh, like the uh, like finance managers and also other people high up in my part of technology so um yeah really great experience yeah definitely again presenting skills uh-huh. <laughs> we're good at that aren't we Carla? yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, it's a good skill to have though isn't it again it's not just all about yeah. the technical skills it's those those kind of personal and communication skills so yeah brilliant that's great Lily well done um so Carla I'm going to hand back to you um and I can wrap up with with Kate Thank you, everyone. And the, the next the next kind of plan was to go around the grads and um, just speak to them all about the training and development opportunities um, at BT and OpenReach. But I'm just really conscious that we're you know we're close close for, for time now. Um, but what we will do, everybody, and this is what we did with Muber um, and Ellis as well, um, is get back together um, after after this hour and speak to Kate about the training and development opportunities which are open at BT and OpenReach and also get the grads back together as well just to, just to tell you all about their experiences. So we'll aim to do that within the next week and then again that other webinar will be live um, hopefully by the end of next week or the week after. So you won't be missing out on anything that we haven't covered today. Um, so thank you very much everybody so far um, to, um, for your involvement in the webinar. Kate, something that we've got about three minutes, I hope you've got a really quick answer to this one, but you, I mentioned right at the beginning about the, you know, the research and innovation, um, everything keeps moving on my screen, um, research and innovation um, at BT and you know, the, the, the money that you, you invest in that. What, what are the plans, what, what are the future plans that the grads could possibly get involved in? I think very vast. Um, I mean, I think this 2020 has been a very funny year. So um, because of that, I think, you know, capitalising on that and new inventions around that is probably going to be something that we'll be developing. I think, you know, just for the businesses, just to, I think, you know, customer focus is very, very big at the moment. So just really sort of driving that forward. Um, I know that has come on sort of leaps and bounds over the past year. Um, but also, you know, innovative products, um, you know, we've got a big sort of strategy and transformation team. 
um, and that's full of sort of product designers, app designers, uh, TV, you know, that it's really sort of forward thinking side of the business that will develop like lots of new, um, you know, way over my head really, but <laughs> lots of new innovations and uh, products and services and really just taking that to the next level um, in this world that we're living in. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you very much, Kate. And, and thank you, everybody. You know, we were just going to round up um, with Kate at the end there about the application hints and tips and the application process. But I think the grads did an absolute perfect job of explaining, um, you know, their hints and tips, their feelings. They're, they're, they're the ones who've actually gone through the process. And um, so they know firsthand all about it. Um, the application processes, the new style with all the virtual world that we're living in now are on both the BT and OpenReach hubs. So if you did want to go and go back and have a look, obviously make sure you do your research, make sure you reference the webinars um, as, as part of your application. Um, I just want to say thank you all for joining us today. It's been absolutely brilliant, really insightful. So again, we'll, we'll catch up um, next week, hopefully, just to cover off the things that we did miss today. Um, BT, OpenReach both have opportunities open, so make sure you get your applications in. And these webinars will be live as, as a whole tomorrow morning on the individual hubs. And then we'll break it up. And as Caspian said, there's a perfect place in the Career Centre where you can go and get all your hints and tips, all your advice. If you are feeling a bit anxious about the um, assessment centres or the online testing and things like that, the, the Career Centre is a perfect place to go, go and do your research. Have a look what our employers are saying as well. On that note, we've actually um, redesigned the Career Centre and that went live yesterday. So Jess and I are really, really excited about this. We've already had some really positive feedback from the universities and from, from students who are accessing the site. Um, it's, it's a really interactive area. You know, you can read, watch, listen to advice from Gradcracker and our employers. Um, bit of a shout out to my colleague, Hannah. So Hannah's been working um, behind the scenes to collate um, a, blogs on different sections. So I know at the moment, she's currently working on a blog about assessment centres and she's getting together all the hints and tips from all our employers and putting them in one place. So you can just go and read all sorts of advice. Um, and she's done an absolute sterling job. So yeah, we're really, really chuffed with that area. Um, the area also includes um, things, as you already know, about the webinars and the Grad Packer Toolkit, the Career Coach, which is a brand new section, which I've just mentioned, and much, much more. So make sure you go on um, and thoroughly research before you put your application in. Next week, we are joined, I'm back, Jessica's back, we're joined by Emerson, um, who's a leading technology and manufacturing company. Um, they've also just opened their opportunities earlier on this week. Um, Lee, the talent management and development leader, is joining us along with three grads, Chloe, Alex and Catherine. And it's going to be, I can't believe I'm going to say this, the 3rd of December. So you've opened your advent calendar three times by the time I see you next week. Um, so same time, I haven't got an advent calendar, Jesse, you've seen his banner. Um, so same time, same place, 2 p.m. Um, and again, make sure you reference the webinars as part of your application. Kate and her team are going to be watching. Jess. Sorry, just want to add, the <laughs> session that we'll do um, as a catch-up to this is like a part two will be pre-recorded. So yeah. it won't be like a live session like it is today, guys. Um, we'll pre-record it and then we'll just let you all know once it is live. So don't feel like you're going to miss out. Um, but, you know, We'll let you all know once it's live, but we'll just pre-record it. Yeah, cool. Thank you, Jess. I should have mentioned that. Um, so yeah, thanks for everyone. Temi, Lily, if you're still there. Speaking from above and Sarah, Caspian and Kate, thank you very much for joining yeah. us today and hopefully we'll see you all the viewers next week.
Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 B